1: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-hosts, Mark Hopf, and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tannabella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is entertainment. Uh, Mark, you got a lot of good stuff for us including entertainment. Yeah. So, um,
2: you know, you guys have been hearing for years that, um, the trend toward home sizes has been moving downward. Remember there was this trend toward McMansions in the, in the nineties, early two thousands. And it seems like the last 10 years during this, this particular housing recovery, the trend has been moving towards smaller and more efficient spaces. Well, guess what homeowners are now telling their agents, if you can believe a number of articles that uh, where agents are being interviewed about what their clients want that they hate their homes and not (laughs) only that they want out now. Hmm. So you know basically homeowners have become more intimately aware of the inadequacies of their space. Uh, Agents are noticing a dramatic rise in buyer urgency as well. Where before they were saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be ready to move up in maybe a year or two, to all of a sudden saying, now, what can I buy now? And, What's and available I, now? And I'm going to
1: throw something in here. I'll bet some of this, if not all of it, has to do with COVID and being, well, of course, yeah, being absolutely with your wife and kids and going, we don't have enough space. Yeah. Well, that's so it's it's you know there's a number of interesting quotes here. I need to get out of my space. I'm going
2: insane. Essentially, you know, real estate is. Agents are saying that the quarantine has convinced homeowners that they need more rooms, a backyard, plenty of kitchen space, and they want it sooner rather than later. Uh, there's this also a general belief that you know these work from home orders for many companies are going to become semi-permanent. So more and oh, more yeah. people, the, the whole working from home thing in for, for, for the next several years, you know, and buyers or are, are, uh, homeowners rather uh, are realizing that they don't have enough comfortable space. So this is really interesting and this is going to have I'm going to share some other stories with you as the show goes on about, you know, predictions from like Zillow and CoreLogic about where home prices are going uh, and you know what's happening with the selling season and then the unemployment numbers now we're recording this show uh, on Thursday and it's broadcast on Saturday well on Friday tomorrow they're announcing the unemployment numbers and they're going to be ghastly and so there's going to be a lot of reaction to that but I, I am going to we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about how those unemployment those those hor- horrific unemployment numbers are actually a little bit misleading. and then. You got this whole dynamic now of you got California with low inventory. We haven't been building new homes. We have a bigger population today than we did 10 years ago. And now we've got this pandemic thing where people are stuck at home and they're saying, I don't like my house. I yeah. want to move up. I want more space. So yeah. all of these are going to be a factor in, I believe, a, a, an interesting and probably unexpectedly healthy, if I might predict, Uh, housing market in California and and I I will admit that anybody who reads what I write and blog uh, whether it's on LinkedIn or our website or listen to me on this radio show uh, know that I have a habit of beating the drum uh, as a real estate optimist Um, you know and I I promise or I swear I'm not the National Association of Realtors I'm not paid (laughs) by them to go out there and go rah rah real estate it never goes down but there's just a lot happening. Uh, at the same time here that, you know, if you step back and you look at these things, these outliers, like this very issue of well, how are people feeling about the homes they live in today now that they've had to stay there for the last three months, and people are going, I want a home office. I want yeah. more space. Yeah. I want a backyard. I want a, I want my own Shangri-La because guess what? This is probably not the last time this is going to happen in our lifetimes. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, so between the between the fires and the uh, losing electricity and having to, you know, just just the whole having to stay in your home and being comfortable in your home. You know, things like electric power and solar and, and there's just a lot of things going on that are impacting the way people want to live. And so, so, what so I, let me what ask I, you
1: something then. What what happens yeah. to the houses at the smaller level then? Because the people well, that are talking about are going from smaller to bigger. Well, there's always
2: demand for smaller homes because don't forget entry-level people. Whether right. you're single and you, wanna, you, you don't want to pay rent because you happen to believe that owning your own home is better than renting and you're living by yourself, a small home is fine. Or a young couple getting started who don't have a family yet. But it's those with families where I think the togetherness or people with small yards, now you can hear you hear your neighbor's dog all day long or the, or the kids playing uh, in the yeah. backyard, and maybe yeah. it's annoying for you. I mean, who knows?
1: It's just the smaller lots, the close proximity. It's well, just it, it's a very it, interesting it, it, dynamic. It's also interesting that uh, when 2008-9 uh, hit, that a lot of the millennials were seeing their parents kind of um, go through this process of, of losing their house, and, and they were not buying. They were strictly renting. Mm-hmm. That seems to kind of turn a little bit, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, but now, you know, there's an article that I'll um, uh, refer to in another segment where it talks about rental rates going down year over year and how drastic of a drop it is. So a lot of what's going on is acute. uh, And usually these are trends that take years to develop, but it's like overnight. So like what do home builders do who are building inventory right now that may be too small for, for people's preferences because of you know, the shelter in place, but uh, we can talk oh. about that. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. More to come
2: in the next segment. We've got some good stuff to talk about here.
1: Very good. And uh, let's see, uh, next um, segment, uh, if we can get into it, that one or the one after we will talk about the risks of investing in deeds of trust, because that's uh, the main part of your guys' business. And I want to mm-hmm. make a mention here also for Mountain Mike's pizza, they are still delivering it in the, during this shelter in place. What better way than to get a beautiful, excellent tasting pizza in San Rafael from Mountain Mike's Pizza. Check them out. All right, We're going to cut to our first commercial break here. We're uh, talking about uh, entertainment. First trivia question. What was Aerosmith's first top ten song on the Billboard charts? Ooh. Call 888-912-1190. First call with worth the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. All right, stay with us. You are listening to the best of investing, and we are going to be right
0: back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888 912 1190. That's 888 912 1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question, what was Aerosmith's first top 10 song on the Billboard charts? Was it Walk This Way? Nah, dream on.
0: Dream oh,
1: on. That's ah, it. Okay. there we go. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, that was good. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, go ahead and uh, share with us some other. Continue
2: stats. on. So, the next article I want to talk about is uh, well, you know, Zillow. Uh, they employ a lot of economists, and many of those economists are, are pretty avid uh, posters uh, on the media. And so, one of the uh, um, blog posts that caught my eye had to do with. The traditional spring selling season, which we're right in the middle of right now, which uh, because uh, thanks to you know the virus, uh, people aren't putting their not as many people are putting their home on the market. There's not as many transactions. You know, you're obviously seeing headlines about this huge dip in in sales. I mean, sales are way way down uh, so far this year as a result. Uh, so what does that mean for the selling season? And so. Um, Zillow did a uh, survey of more than 100 economists, investment strategists and real estate experts asking them how they thought the uh, the sales would look over the next 12 months and I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, there were those there was a the school of thought that was that said well the the spring selling season is going to be pushed into the fall. But yeah. Only about 10% of those surveyed thought that that was true and I know that some of the problems about selling your home in the fall is that if you have children and they're going to school, you want to get that all taken care of before the summer. So only 10
1: percent of people thought that was true. Well, what what about kids going to shelter in place? Hopefully the kids will still be at home. When, well, that's right, all- so yeah you're
2: right we still we still may have a couple more months of this, so pushing the selling season in the fall, yeah, maybe the, I mean there will be transactions in the fall, but uh, and again i'm 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 talking about those that who were surveyed twenty two percent of those surveyed thought that uh, they would expect a doubling up of next season mm-hmm. and uh, that sounds that that's pretty interesting yeah, and, and again if there's a if there is a pent up demand that comes out in next year, say February, March, you could be looking at, you know, upward pricing pressure again on, on, especially in California, maybe not in other parts of the country. 55% now said the shopping season will be spread out over several years. So a little bit more than half thought that, you know, this whole demand would be pushed
1: forward and uh, 13% said, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, yesterday i actually talked to a real estate uh, agent who said that uh it's i don't say it's a frenzy but there's some, still some over uh, bidding on houses and he sold six houses last month
0: wow so,
3: we're, we're in here yeah, in marin
1: yeah or in in, in uh, marin and the east bay
3: that's interesting okay yeah.
2: So anyway, the, you know, the predictions on how the, you know, the the housing sales cycle will look uh, over the next year, um, the the Zillow economist is saying that this prediction is in line with how the experts expect the U.S. economy to recover overall. Uh, Forty percent think it's going to be a U-shaped recovery, and uh, 33 percent think it's going to be a bumpy multi-year return to a growth trend. So uh, very interesting, and again, you know. Uh, A lot of these articles that we talk about are nationwide in scope, Uh, but here in the Bay Area, here in California uh, where we live and where we invest, and where we place investor capital at Pacific Private Money, uh, we're, we're mostly concerned about what's happening in basically the, you know, the, the fifth largest country in the uh, on the yeah. planet, which is California, if it were a country. Um, yeah. And so it sort of is. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I, I think the I think the uh, the metrics and dynamics uh, for uh, housing and real estate valuations, and those who invest in uh, real estate secured mortgage backed products like those who invest with Pacific private money. Uh, I think there's just a lot, to be, uh, a lot to be optimistic about, regardless of the headlines, and we're gonna see the headline. headlines, headlines are gonna come out. You know, housing prices fall, right. you know, those headlines. Uh, sales down 20% year over year. Uh, in fact, both CoreLogic and Zillow, uh, in separate articles this week, said they expect home prices in the next 12 months to decline. Yeah, but that's nationwide, and that's you know that's all over you know uh, the the U.S. I don't I don't know that I believe that that's going to happen very much in in California, although certain parts of California which include the city of San Francisco and Silicon Valley, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a 5% drop in prices year sure. over year, because those price per square foot in those markets are, in my opinion, much higher than, uh, unreasonably higher than, than many other neighborhoods uh, and MSAs in California. So again, very, very interesting um, uh, very interesting dynamics at play here.
3: Yeah, cool. and if I can add to that too, yeah. kind of tying into your the first segment is, you know, as people want larger spaces, um, I could see why or how they may choose to exit San Francisco, especially if they're able to work remotely. But the right. question is. If I'm like, for instance, Twitter that uh, came out and they said all their employees can work remotely indefinitely. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an employee at Twitter, do I move? I, I may go, okay, great. I want a bigger place too. And I can get more from for my money elsewhere. But do I move to, you know, Sonoma County or do I move out of state? My guess is that I would move to Sonoma, Sonoma County because how long am I going to stay with Twitter? Yeah. My if my job is tech related, I probably want to stay too close to the epicenter of it. So uh, I don't think there's going to be a flock uh, or a mass migration out of state, but I think people will move into the burbs. Um, oh, absolutely. Like North Marin. And so you may see actually see home prices go up um, gotcha. because people with higher incomes are now living, moving into Sonoma County or Marin. And you may see some price drops in places like San Francisco or or the Silicon Valley. Well, Well, you're seeing the rent, so it it made headlines
2: that rents are down 10% in both Silicon Valley and San Francisco, which, uh, interestingly enough, are where you have the highest prices per square foot on the resale side this past, well, several years. Um, And that, that actually surprised me a little bit that uh, you know that uh, that rents would drop, but I, I think we all know that rents in, in you know from San Francisco to San Jose have been extremely steep, and we 've all seen the articles you know a year ago this summer uh, or a year ago last summer rather you know the ridiculous articles about how much people were paying for you know what, what essentially was a closet with a mattress on the floor yeah. <laughs> you know, for a thousand bucks a month or something, so not not really surprising that uh, that uh, there's a little bit of a pullback there on the rents and, and likely on the prices as well.
3: It kind of makes you wonder if people who sheltered in place decided to leave, who were living in San Francisco, decided to leave San Francisco completely while they sheltered in place and moved oh. back in with their parents you know, moved out of state. So that's, yeah. that's where and maybe they were this, deciding uh, not to come back.
1: Hopefully this looting situation will end very quickly. Um, I guess when, once, yeah, they, once they clear out stores, there's nothing else to steal. So hopefully that'll uh, uh, those opportunistic people will uh, will stop. Okay, guys, going on to our second trivia question here, talking to entertainment. What was the name of the high school in the movie Grease? What was the name of the high school? All right, call 888-912-1190. Remember that was with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, right? Oh, yeah. All right. I had uh, the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I know. It's good. It's good music. I like it, actually. Um yeah, what, yeah. What, was, what was the name of the high school in the movie Grease? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and non of Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question, what was the name of the high school in the movie Grease?
3: Rydell. Rydell, um, hi. Very good. We used to call Olivia uh, Newton-John, Olivia Neutron bomb. Because yeah, that's
1: was, right. Yeah. was <laughs> the bomb. She <laughs> was
3: the bomb, I'll tell you. Hey, Mark, you
1: have yeah. some unemployment figures for us. Yeah, so the last article I'm going to share uh,
2: before we dive into some other things today had to do with uh, unemployment statistics, and I found a rather interesting read this week Uh, And Actually, this came out uh, today uh, on the day, Thursday, that we're recording the show. It says, tomorrow tomorrow morning, the Bureau of Labor Statistics will release the latest employment situation summary, which will include the most current unemployment rate. It will be a horrific number. Many analysts believe uh, unemployment could be greater than 20%. These numbers represent families across the nation that are not sure when or if they will return to work. The emotional impact on these households is, of course, devastating. It goes on to say that there are, however, some small rays of light shining through on this issue, and here are three of them. Number one, the actual number of unemployed is less than they are reporting. Uh, the number of people unemployed is sometimes over exaggerated it seems that every newscaster likes to talk about the 40 plus million people currently unemployed Uh, it is true that over the last 10 weeks over 40 million people have applied for unemployment but it is also true, however, that many of these people have already returned to work the actual number of people currently unemployed today according to this article is 20 million still a horrible number but about half of what's being reported and again you know you got to keep the what you hear on the media with a grain of salt. Number two, of those still unemployed, most are temporary layoffs. Um, Last month's unemployment report showed that 90% of those unemployed believe their status is temporary. And then number three, and this is the one that I think is the most important, those on unemployment are receiving significant assistance. According to a recent study from uh, an institute for economics, Sixty-eight percent of those who are eligible for unemployment insurance receive benefits that exceed their lost earnings. That's sixty-eight call, let's seventy percent, are receiving unemployment checks, benefits that exceed their lost earnings, and twenty percent are receiving at least twice as much hmm. as their lost earnings. So where's he we've <laughs> heard we've heard these stories, Edward, you probably heard these too, where Uh, (laughs) where employers got PPP money from the government to use for rehiring their staff. And a lot of them didn't want to come back because they would take a pay cut (laughs) from their uh, unemployment benefits. (laughs) So again, you know, this is not to downplay and poo-poo the whole unemployment thing. But when people say to me, hey, Mark, you're so optimistic about real estate and and prices and all that. I still have investors who are convinced real estate prices are going to drop thirty percent. Yeah, I think he's completely they're completely crazy uh, and unjustified. But they say, what about unemployment? What about all the unemployment? You, if people aren't employed, they can't pay rent or buy houses. Well. Yeah, but you gotta know kind of the what's the reality behind it. I don't know. If and,
1: anything, they've got they're getting more money than they were getting before when they were working. They can afford more. Right. So what do yeah. you do? So money? again, there's You're always like, there's always
2: there's always the story behind the story, and that's yeah. the stuff that uh, you know, we try to bring you here on on our radio show. It's just a you know, look at it another way. We all we all know the media is paid to you know, scare you and grab your eyeballs. And so the head, in fact, you know, I learned years ago that the headlines are never written by the guy who wrote the article, Right. you know? And uh, so oftentimes the headline belies what's actually in the article itself, which is why you have to read the article, not look at the headline and go, Oh my God.
1: (laughs) So,
3: you know, I don't know if if we know the answer here, but for the unemployment report, is that new claims or is it net job growth or negative job growth. It's, it's just new claims. I
1: I think it's, I think it's people who have applied. So it's going to be, it's going to be a larger figure
3: than it really should be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're saying 41 million people will have applied for unemployment, but currently unemployed is 20 million. And of that number, a lot of them are going back to work and many of them are earning money exceeding their prior earnings. So (laughs) <laughs> Again, it's, uh, so, and if so- they're not making their mortgage payments, in theory, some of these guys might actually be building up a little bit of stockpile. So, sure. again, there's there's a lot, there's so a lot I, going on right now out there that thanks to government assistance.
1: So when, Mr. So when Mr. Unemployed goes to the bank because he wants to buy a house and they say, well, what do you do for a living? He goes, well, I'm unemployed. They go, absolutely fantastic. We're going to give you a loan. <laughs> You're making oh, yeah, money. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, because what every I mean, so it seems like we're, we're sort of at the point where a lot of the country is moving into like a latter state. Of you know going you know yeah. of stage two or later stage two with each one of those stages how many people are going back to work it's a lot so well, well you guys you know, have from
1: stopped working because you're right uh, an essential
3: service but traffic the- is significantly up yeah. on the freeways and yeah. retail and totally- retail opening back up brings a lot of people back into the actual workforce again so yeah. um, it feels like we're we're at that you know point where people are going back to work more than they are actually getting laid off so or, or unemployed so I don't know uh, I'm an optimist as well um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next you know every you know, with the labor reports
2: right and, and we're looking at our own loan portfolio and uh, you know there there was that initial scare of borrowers who requested deferments but that number hasn't gone up for yeah. us. And I've talked to other loan originators and it hasn't gone up for them either. It's been very manageable. Now there are, you know, banks and other institutions and servicers that are in a pickle because they weren't prepared for the situation of say 10% or 5%, whatever that number is of their borrowers, not making their payments and how that affects um, where they get their capital from. But for companies uh, like, like ours, um, it's it's been it could have been a lot worse, yeah. and that uh, for that you know we're we're pretty grateful.
1: All right, guys, we're going to come to our third commercial uh, trivia question here, and when we come back, we've got uh, a, a, an email question that asks what are the risks of investing in D2Trust. That's a point blank question. All right, what was the name of the cook on the TV show Bonanza? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. We're talking, uh, this is a show from the late, from the early 60s. I think our listeners are really old. <laughs> what was the name of the cook on the TV show Bonanza? Well, they're still doing reruns now, so you can watch it, All right. Uh, so that's our trivia question. Uh, when we also come back, we're going to have Nam and Mark share a deal of the week, so you can uh, uh get, Educate your, educate the uh, public as to investing in deeds of trust. All right, sit with
2: us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to answering the question about the uh, the deeds of trust and mortgage investing
1: in general, and uh, why you should uh, be bullish in that area. All right, stay Take with us. that question. Don't well, touch that dial. Best of investing. Be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220,
1: KDOW. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Om Hey, by the way, you know what? We haven't said this for a while. Uh, people ask, well, what's your show about? Oh, it's like a bunch of guys sitting around a bar having drinks without the drinks, talking business, mostly real estate, and the audience listening in. So that's kind of the yeah. format here. All right, here was our third trivia question. What was the name of the cook on the TV show Bonanza? Cookie? No, Hop Sing. Hop Sing.
3: Hop Sing. Hop Sing.
1: Hop
3: Sing.
1: That's right. right. Okay. Um, What's
3: the origin of that name?
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway, it <laughs> hey, he was from China. Okay. Uh, so, guys, a, a question comes in from a listener. It says What are the risks of investing in deeds of trust?
2: So, I, I'm going to expand on the answer uh, to that question. So, Interestingly enough, uh, you know, we're in a business at Pacific Private Money where we make loans to people uh, who are buying real estate, who own real estate, uh, looking to pull cash out. We're one of those companies that you go to when bank financing is not an option. We're usually Plan B, although oftentimes we're Plan A for people who just know they can't get bank financing because they have to close quickly, uh, or they don't have—they're self-employed and they have uh, trouble. Uh, proving their income, but the kind of loans we make and the kind of loans that most private money or hard money loan originators in California that we know of make uh, are not hard money loans from say 20 or 25 years ago that people oftentimes remember. You know, the lender of last resort, the guy that you pay, you know, 12% interest and 10 points you know, for a $100,000 loan secured in junior position on your home. You know, basically when you have uh, uh, a, a personal financial emergency or some kind of personal financial distress, you go to a hard money lender, if you own a home, you can borrow against the equity in your home. That was very, very traditional hard money and, and a lot of the hard money loans made in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, were, you know, they were either development type of loans and speculative type of loans, or they were junior liens on people's homes because, you know, they had a financial situation that they needed to take care of, divorce, uh, uh, lawsuits, uh, who knows what. You know, fast forward to today, and, you know, the term hard money lending isn't even really used anymore. Uh, It's private money financing, it's alternative financing, and it's really a... um, it's really the third leg in a trio of borrowing options for people who uh, are buying real estate, uh, doing refinancing uh, on real estate, uh, and you know the first leg is bank financing. The second leg is your non-agency or non-QM financing. Uh, that's a little bit more expensive than uh, bank financing, and then there's your private or alternative financing. You know, used to be called hard money, and that's uh, where you pay anywhere from eight to ten percent for the money, but. We're we're generally not making, you know, junior liens on people's homes unless they're using it to remodel their home to sell. I mean, we're usually not, we're not that lender of last resort serving that distressed, borrower. It's really a a strategic need that we're filling. It's a need for speed. It's a need for certainty when you're self-employed in the bank saying, looks like you don't make any money according to your tax returns. So it's, it's all of those reasons that all of a sudden we're a, we're a solid plan B or plan C for a lot of folks who are investing in real estate or own real estate and they're looking for options. So in, with that backdrop, um, we make loans that uh, to people that really need to have some kind of solid exit strategy. We don't make loans to people who are just gonna keep that loan forever and ever and, and, and you know struggle to figure out now how I'm gonna pay that back. We make loans to people who are gonna do one of two things. They're either with certainty certainly gonna sell their home and we're lending them to them on the promise that they're gonna sell their home to pay us back or we're helping them buy a home and we've already ascertained that they're bank financeable. So short-term loans, we have a high degree of certainty we're going to get the money back. So uh, and we charge anywhere from eight to ten percent. And our investors who provide the money for those loans uh, are getting returns usually about one percent below uh, the note rate that we charge. And so when someone asks, you know, what's the risk of investing in a deed of Trust? Well, the risk is that, you know, do you believe uh, you know, how? likely is it that the real estate values will go down so far that your 70% or 65% or 60% loan-to-value, loan-to-today's value mortgage, is going to be underwater? And yeah, it happened in 2008 and 9. but is that likely to happen now? Well, based on things we always talk about here at The Best of Investing, we don't think so in the coming years. We think the loans we make today are extremely well secured. And so really what you have in terms of risk is what if the borrower stops making payments? Well, that does happen. We have people, you know, of the 300 loans we're servicing here at Pacific Private Money, we've got, you know, probably 20 or 30 people that are one or two months behind. Uh, it kind of goes with the territory. Sometimes they, you know, they don't pay for a few months and they play catch up. So, you know, if you're making an investment in a deed of trust because you're relying on monthly income, well, um, it should be relied upon as additional income or, or a, a, uh, uh a diversification of your invest, of your income creating investments. But you, you probably don't want to rely on it such that if the borrower fails to make the payment, now you're, you know, you're not able to buy groceries. But, Beside that, the risk of loss, I think, is fairly manageable. And in investing in California uh, secured deeds of trust, uh, we believe very strongly that the, the economics behind them and the safety and security factors of a 60, 65, 70% loan to value mortgage. Are such that they're just the the risks are just really small. the big The biggest risk is that they stop making payments. You have to file a notice of default, foreclose on the property. Maybe the borrower files for bankruptcy, and now it takes you maybe six months before you end up uh, foreclosing on the property and get your money back. Um, so, but when that happens, oftentimes you make a bonus, you make uh, some additional interest income and late charges. So. I, I'm just I'm really bullish on it. I mean, the three of us here we're we're very big on investing in mortgage-backed uh, products. It's what we provide uh, as investment options at Pacific Private Money. I know where all my money is invested, and I know you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket, but uh, we have a lot of baskets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have, we have a lot of diversified investment opportunities uh, at Pacific Private Money including individual deeds of trust and three different funds that invest in different types of real estate notes that make different mortgages and they each provide different returns. And so for more information, you really should visit our website. We just updated our investor tab to show the four ways to invest with Pacific Private Money. And that's at PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's PacificPrivateMoney.com. Go check it out and hop on over to the investor page. Uh, We will have some individual landing pages for each of those four methods uh, in the coming weeks. We'll talk about that more, but, um, You know, it's just there just isn't, in our opinion, any better way with the similar safety and security features to earn seven to eight to nine percent annualized yields on your money with with protection for your principal. Very good.
3: You can call us, too, at uh, 415-883-2150. That's my contribution. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and um, are you guys having an event coming up pretty soon?
3: Yeah, June 23rd, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Uh, you can go to our website, to the events page. It will be a webinar. Uh, last one we had was April 16th, so we're due for another one. A lot has happened uh, since then.
1: Very good. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best in Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fauna Pacific Private Money. No trivia question, but Nam, uh, give us a deal of the week, if you would, please.
3: Yeah, deal of the week. So uh, this week, or it was last week, we had a homeowner who, I'll describe it, they have a home to sell and they wanted to purchase before they uh, sell their uh, current property. So that's a very familiar scenario that we get, and normally you know, we would say, great, we just closed another bridge loan. We provided the capital for the homeowner to to buy their new home, cross-collateralizing against their their departing residents. But in this case, they actually, the borrower wasn't the homeowner. It was a real estate company. So the real estate company in this case said, listen, we will buy your the home that you want to move into for you. And uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll rent it back to you for a short period of time, we'll list the home that uh, you need to sell. And then we will, uh, when your home sells, you can use those proceeds to pay us back or pay us off or get a conventional loan. In the meantime, you have the surety of getting your offer accepted because we will be making the offer on your behalf. And uh, then you don't have to worry about, you know, a double escrow or getting a, a bridge loan per se. So in this case, the real estate company is borrowing the money from us, and we're seeing more of this. They realize the same problem that we realize that uh, with many homeowners that have a ton of equity and are stuck in a situation where they normally would have to sell their home first in order to get uh, the cash out to, to buy their next home. So, in this case, the borrower is the real estate company. We're talking to a lot of real estate companies now who who want to provide this service because. Really, it's a, it's a service that, you know, makes it easier for them to get the purchase uh, and the sale once they uh, sell their listing. So it's not unlike other scenarios that we've done in the past, it's just that the borrower in this case is a real estate company and uh, everyone wins in this situation. The uh, homeowner gets to move into their next home and they have, they don't have the stress of moving twice. Um, and they also are working with a great real estate company that can help help them with both purchase and sale. Uh, I don't know if that, that real estate company offers a sort of a freshen up program, but you're seeing more uh, real estate companies offering these types of programs as well.
2: So, yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to um, a, uh, a a newspaper uh, ad rep uh, who is familiar with what we do because we're going to do some display advertising in one of the local uh, periodicals. And she said, Oh yeah, I know a lot of compass and uh, golden gate uh, Sotheby's agents who offer that themselves Is yours similar. And I said, well, you want to know a secret? <laughs> Those agents are coming to us for the bridge financing. Um, we're just not on their website. Uh, they have other, um, resources. But right now, a lot of those resources are not providing bridge loans. They're not providing cross-collateralized loans. So they end up at our doorstep or companies like ours, which actually there's not that many uh, companies in California on the private lending side that are doing owner-occupied purchase money bridge financing. And so that's a really unique product that we're pretty proud of and we're pretty excited about. And we spend a lot of energy informing real estate agents and mortgage professionals that this is a viable and important product. It's a tool that they need to be aware of and keep it in their arsenal because even though on the face of it, it seems like, well, you know, borrowing a million dollars at 9%, that's crazy talk. Well, yeah, but that's, that's an annualized interest rate on a loan that you're probably not going to have for more than 90 days. In fact, the average average payoff
1: is is three months, three and well, four not months. Like, so. Not only like that, but you can make the the realtor can make an aggressive offer because you can close so quickly that it actually can save the uh, buyer thousands of dollars, which it, it mm-hmm. has. well
2: we we do say that you know we can't promise it, but using our bridge loan as opposed to selling first and moving twice uh, can oftentimes yeah. pay for itself, allowing you to move out. Freshen up, stage your home, sell it for a higher price than you would have had you tried to sell it while you were still living there. So again, for more information, give us a call. We're experts on on this type of stuff.
1: Go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Very good. All right, guys. Thoughts for the day: Winners don't wait for chances; they take them. And losers, right. and losers quit when they're tired. Winners quit when they're done. And since we're done, I guess we're winners. All right, tune in next week. To best we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long.
0: You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888 912 1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader.